Hello and welcome along to the podcast on the Baltics. And the Baltics in this podcast are Estonia, Latvia and Lithuania. Also, I visited Finland. So you're about to learn about Finland, Estonia, Latvia and Lithuania. Some cretins may argue that actually I think you'll find Germany and Poland and Russia and Sweden and Denmark are also on the Baltics. After all, they have a shoreline on the Baltic Sea. Well, sir, you would be right, but you would also be annoying because that confuses the issue. The Baltic states are Estonia, Latvia and Lithuania. And that's what you're about to learn about in this podcast. Also, as I say, I went to Finland where it all begins. Before we start, I just want to say one more thing as well, and that is, hey, do you live in London? Well, then you need a canvas print for your walls. MrPhotoCanvas.co.uk What's that? You live in Toronto? Oh, are you in luck? MrPhotoCanvas.com For all your photographs on canvas, on your wall, looking nice and sexy. If you uh, live elsewhere, which, let's be honest, statistically is extraordinarily likely, then I can't really help you. I could tell you something else. A friend of mine's got a company called ShakeUp. If you're rich and you want an adventure, that's what this company does. You can visit shakeup.ltd.uk and you'll have your life shaken up with an adventure. So if you are poor and you're living outside London, outside Toronto, then um, statistically, again, that is the most likely thing. I can't really help you. But I can give you this free podcast. Good luck. Enjoy. Good evening and what have you. Right, it is one of the one. Okay, let me have another drink. Good evening. It's one o'clock in the morning. It's Helsinki in Finland. And as I look out of the window of this bar, which is bustling with people, people with blonde hair, a lot of, blue eyes, a lot of. There's a woman over there with blue hair. Not a lot of ethnic minorities, though. We are in a pub. It is, as I look out of the window, still mildly light, even though it's silly, silly o'clock for that. One o'clock in the morning and it's still light. How can this be? It's almost like we're far north on the planet. Uh, yes. Yes, we are. So Helsinki is the most southern point of Finland. And... Therefore, one would assume the most hospitable and inhabitable. And I am here on the beginning of an adventure. And the adventure goes from Helsinki uh, south, unfortunately. I don't see much of Finland. I get a boat to Estonia and then I go through Latvia and Lithuania. And the only way I can remember that is because it's alphabetical. Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. Ignore Finland, that just complicates things. But once you've crossed the water, that's what's going to happen. So I'm in very Eastern Europe and I'm about to do uh, a little adventure involving planes, trains, automobiles and the modern day groovy thing in European capitals, scooters. And when I say scooters, I don't mean Italian people going ciao. I mean the modern day phenomena that is electric scooters, two feet, floor, two wheels, definitely not a moped. Like a child scooter 
you know, the ones you push, only it's electric and makes bankers even more hateable. That's, what it, that's what's going on here, and loads of it. I got here on a scooter. I'm drinking a eight and a half euro IPA, a pint, and that's normal. Which, uh, to be honest with you, is quite bad, but it's not Icelandic. Um, and I got here on a scooter to this pub, and I think this is the beginning of an adventure. I'm a bit tired because I've got the jet lag and the usual shenanigans, but um, once I get my noodle together, I will tell you some great facts about Finland. So I'm in Finland, I'm going to wander around Helsinki, let you know what that's all about, uh, probably on a scooter, because they're electric and they're groovy and you can hire them with your mobile phone, and that's the world, kids. That's what's happening. And... Um, after I've done a few laps of Helsinki <laughs> on a little scooter with six-inch wheels, I will let you know what I've discovered. But this is the beginning of an adventure. If you want to hear the whole thing, I think I'll probably do it as one or two podcasts. Let's see what happens. One podcast, this one. Uh, my name's Vinny, and I occasionally travel, and when I do, I podcast it. Partially because I want other people to hear it, but also because I have a terrible memory and I'm fairly sure that one day these things will be played back to me and I will love hearing them because I will forget all the weird shit that I've done. Enjoy. Right, so just so you know what's going on, I've got a microphone on the inside of my shirt. I'm going home. And here we go, I'm scanning. It's a new thing, I'm sure you're familiar with this if you're living in a European city, but I'm scanning a scooter. I'm flipping it up and pressing some buttons. Oh, it's unlocked, I'm in. Today, I say today, it's one o'clock in the morning, today, Oh, I'm off. Hey, the lads. <laughs> really quite quick. 21 kilometres an hour. Zooming about in downtown Helsinki. Unfortunately, there's a lot of stairs around, so I'm just going to navigate my way to a slope. Oh, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, so I'm here because uh, I'm going from Helsinki, here in the south of Finland, all the way down to, um, I'll go through Latvia into Lithuania, but I've messed that up already. First of all, I'll go through Estonia. I'm finding it, if I'm honest, quite hard to do a podcast at 21 kilometers an hour as I look down at the digital display on this fantastic beast. Um, after a couple of points, I'm not finding it easy to do coherent knowledge of my entire trip. I think I may have asked too much of myself. Let's take it easy and give it the basics. I am next to Russia, but it doesn't feel like it at all. Russia once owned Finland and so did Sweden, but now it's an independent nation and the happiest nation on arguably the planet, certainly the happiest nation in Europe, if you pay attention to these peculiar indexes. Um, one could argue the happiest nation on the planet is Bhutan because they have a happiness index. But 
that's quite difficult to prove. What we can say is these guys are happy chappies and there's good reason for it. First of all it's unbelievably clean. Um, also you can rent a scooter at one o'clock in the morning and even in the hazy dim light of a sort of permanent twilight because of that far north feels like a sort of feels like a 8.30 p.m. London or Toronto if that helps. Everyone is very respectful. It is a very quiet place. In fact, today I was in an old fort and I asked the barman what he would use to describe. I did, I actually, just for the record, I didn't say use one word. I said, how would you describe Finnish people? And he used one word. I didn't even, I didn't hammer him down into that uh, set of brackets and he still did it anyway. The word he used, the word to describe Finnish people, according to a Finnish man working in a bar earlier, is quiet. <laughs> That's it. They're, they're quiet people. And so far, I suppose I agree. As I zoom through the streets at one in the morning, I'd have to say that with the exception of a couple of bin trucks, it is pretty quiet. Um, but it's a very, very, very interesting place. I really like it. I had these peculiar expectations which were completely wrong. I thought, oh, ah, it's next to the Soviet Union. I'm sure it'll be a bit Soviet. I don't think it was Soviet, but I bet it's got big grey concrete buildings everywhere. Right, it wasn't Soviet. It, absolutely not. And no, it doesn't have any big grey concrete building. Some of them are a bit shit, let's be honest, but there is, I wouldn't call it a chocolate box town. That apparently is Tallinn in Estonia, only a ferry's ride away. But I would call it actually a very quaint town. I wouldn't go so far as to say beautiful. So if you've never been to Europe, it's beautiful. But if you're doing the whole European comparison, that's not really fair. Um, it's lovely. And I always thought it was outrageously expensive, which it is. But if you live in London, it's not that painful. Six to seven euros a pint isn't that bad, really. It's not that different to Covent Garden or somewhere like that in central London. Oh my God, I think I might be home. Wow, well, that's another thing. That's really important. I've managed to navigate my way within two nights of being here. I have been on a scooter for quite a lot of the time because I love them. But um, what I've learned is apparently you can zip about. <laughs> I have made it home. Wow, I've made it back to the Airbnb. I'm so pleased with myself. I managed, <laughs> I've podcasted all the way home. That was me running over a small, ferret. No. Uh, and uh, it's, it's good. God, I'm very pleased to be home. Okay, so you're about to hear a podcast of me in Finland and it will probably be a bit more together whilst you learn about Finland, Estonia, Latvia and Lithuania. Welcome along. I'm home. The rest I will tell you when I wake up sober. Hope this was a good intro. And if it wasn't, tough shit, that's all you get. The next day I woke up in my 100 euro Airbnb small and extremely unspectacular unless you're a mouse with a troubled past and no access to aspirational tv shows i walked into town and ordered a coffee in uh, central helsinki not a cloud in the sky gorgeous um downtown next to a tram line obviously ridiculously efficient public transport system very socialist groovy country so quite well priced Want to buy a car, going to cost you loads. Want to get the tram, not a bother. Um, want to use a flexible bicycle scheme, off you go. 
want to rent a scooter and look like a dickhead but enjoy yourself, then do it. I'll give you some stats in a minute, but just a bit more geography. If uh, you want to know why it's a bit cold, it's kind of probably the same latitude Helsinki is about Shetland or the Orkneys, somewhere between Scotland and the Faroe Islands. So it does get a little bit nippy. Um, and at the end of this trip, I'll be in Vilnius in Lithuania, three countries to the south. And at the very end of the trip, I was only still at that point B on the same latitude as the Scottish borders. So it's quite, a, the expression core, it's Baltic out there is, is probably for good reason. We are quite far north here in the Baltics. And uh, here come the facts. Finland is ranked as the happiest country in the world. Fact, factoid. The latest UN report stated that Finland is now the happiest country in the world. It's difficult to actually prove this, of course. Bhutan might suggest that they are the happiest country in the world because they have the scale of happiness, a national happiness index. But it is fair to say that the Nordic countries always do well. Um, Finland uh, jumped from number five to number one this year. You wouldn't know it from their faces. Quite often their happiness is not translated to their face. They're really beautiful people. Um, just genetic lottery of life in a sort of Western way. You know, everyone's blonde with blue eyes, rather sexy. Um, but they sort of, they're very quiet, as described yesterday by a barman when I asked him what the personalities were for Finnish people. Quiet, and they can look a little bit moody. No more moody than London, don't get me wrong, but um, I wouldn't, I'd say that from my brief experience here, it might be difficult to make solid friends quickly. They're not Canadian, is what I'm saying. Uh, and they are, the whole Scandi thing, have always known to sort of keep themselves themselves, keep their feelings in. Great listeners. If you, if you like me, like a natter, these people will listen to your bullshit for hours on end before finally telling you that you're going on a bit. Um, here's the next fact. It's very expensive to be a driver if you're going to speed. Speeding fines here in Finland are calculated on the violator's total income. That means that millionaires can face fines of up to 100,000 euros when driving faster than the speeding limit. I think there was a, a millionaire, a few, possibly even a billionaire, that got a fine for 86,000 euros last year. And I remember it hitting the headlines. Get on the scooters, get away with murder. Unique Finnish sports, they are big on wife carrying, although I haven't seen any. Don't get me wrong, it's not like when you go to Tesco's people have got wives strapped around their back but it is the one of the national sports that nice hockey and everything cold including curling um, but yeah if you want to carry your wife and you win in the wife carrying competition the prize is your wife's weight in beer so ideally you want a fat wife but then do you oh, it's a paradox it's a never-ending question let's give you another fact that there are 188,000 lakes within Finnish territory. That's a lot of lakes. The average Finn consumes 12 kilos of coffee each year. But the thing is, I don't know what the international average. Uh, heavy metal here in Finland is huge. If, like me, you have the guilty pleasure of enjoying intensely the Eurovision Song Contest every year for its glitz, glamour and just I don't know, this year, Madonna's failure to sing, then uh, you will maybe cast your mind back to Finland winning 
um, quite a while back. It was 2006 to be exact. And uh, the Finnish heavy metal band Lordi took over the Eurovision Song Contest and won the competition with Hard Rock Hallelujah. I think it might be something to do with the fact that the sort of free expression and shouting and getting drunk and all the things that people do quite a lot of in London. Um, not to say they don't get drunk here, but they do sort of keep themselves to themselves. Means that they, they're kind of Japanese. They're like European Japanese, very efficient, but um, you certainly wouldn't go and make a scene and put shame on the family. And you certainly wouldn't go and shout and swear your tits off in public. So it's quite sort of, because it's quite repressed, it's got, it echoes that Japanese culture of they need to get it out somehow. So there's quite a lot of karaoke bars here I've noticed and um, quite a lot of the sort of heavy metal crossover I think makes sense. You can really express yourself and mosh out to heavy metal. There's that sort of anger and the rebellion of it all. Uh, sort of a punk movement here as well. So I think they need channels to get it out. They're probably very kinky in the bedroom although I have no evidence of this. Come to Finland and find out. I'm sure you could have a great time trying. And your final fact, there are more saunas, or as they call them, saunas, than cars. So if you want a sauna, then you get yourself to Finland. They love it, they're everywhere. There's even a sauna in Burger King, downtown Helsinki. Although, I must admit, I haven't been in one uh, in my brief time here, so that's something to fix. If you want a sauna, this is the place to be. And to extend that fact as well, I, I can't prove this, but we heard yesterday that 99% of Finns have at least one sauna a week. That's how popular they are. Like, it's just unheard of to not get involved in them. And actually, extending to that point, one of the most interesting things about the Crimean War, um, sorry, not the Crimean War, the Second World War, one of the most interesting things about the Second World War um, is when the Russians tried to invade Finland, they failed abysmally even though they far outnumbered the Finns. There was quite a lot of obvious things about it. The Finns knew the territory and um, the Russians were not very well equipped with the right gear to deal with the extreme cold, even though they'd come from a cold country, they weren't quite ready for Finland. But one of the reasons the Finns did so well to keep the Russians out, and the one of the reasons that this country has never been communist is because during that war, they had saunas, yeah. One of the things, if you were a Finnish soldier, you had access to saunas. It was really important. They even had portable saunas. Um, and that would kill off any diseases. It would, of course, massively boost morale and warm you up when you'd been on the battle, freezing battlefields of northern Finland trying to shoot the Russians. And uh, as an extension to that also, it's worth mentioning, they also were very well catered for. They had things like sausage casserole. They had their own team of cooks. So they were far better nourished than the Russians. Um, but yeah, saunas played their part, even in the Second World War. You could say that one of the reasons this country never fell to the commies is because of saunas. They at least helped. So yeah, there you go. There's a quick introduction to Finland. On a boat soon to Estonia. So I'll give you some facts from there and let you know what uh, goes on. Nothing mental happened here um, because we haven't been drinking that much, unlike the rest of the Finns, it has to be said. Um, so there wasn't any crazy nights out, but um, very tranquil, very, very safe, very clean, very tidy, very efficient. There's lots of history if you're in the old town, pretty boring if you're not in the old town. And um, yeah, definitely worth a visit, Helsinki. Fly here for fuck all, enjoy it.
big ship with plenty of things to do. It will cost you 25 euros and it takes about two and a half hours. And south of the capital of Finland, you will find the capital of Estonia, Tallinn. Cheaper, warmer and more beautiful than Helsinki. Sorry, Helsinki. Sorry. I'm in a restaurant in Estonia in Tallinn and we'll talk about Tallinn later, but it's really beautiful. But the reason I'm recording this is because I just shut the door on the main section and I'm in a little subsection. And in the main section, as we speak, I'm going to guess there's some men having a sword fight. And I'm thinking, being that I can't hear any police cars, that this is normal and it's probably acting. Sounds a bit like Tommy Cooper in a cupboard with swords. A lot of but I don't know what they're on about. Um, the reason I'm telling you all this is I've got a feeling that they're going to burst through the door into this small section of the medieval restaurant with their swords and have a fight. And there's only like five people in here, including me. So it's going to be quite intense if that happens. So if it does, I'll hit record so you can hear what a medieval sword fight in a medieval building with an audience of five sounds like. All right. Maybe they're just angry about their bill. They've just kicked off. Maybe it's gone mental in there. A minute ago they were... Oh. I can hear them right outside the door. Weird thing is, can't even get out. Like, if we chose to leave now, we can't, because if we open that main door, we'll get our head cut off. Hello. <laughs> I'm stuck in the subsection of a restaurant. Pretty sure someone just got stabbed in the neck. <laughs> it's you next. Was that a fella? No, it was a girl. Oh. I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm not going to do a runner in this restaurant. <laughs> Imagine if this whole thing was an armed gang just totally taking all the watches and all the wallets off everyone in the restaurant and we just sat here thinking it was quite funny yeah. from the other side of the wall just going oh man can't wait till they come up here <laughs> hello and welcome along to sunny and beautiful Estonia just south of uh, Helsinki by about two hours on a luxurious lovely boat where you can have reasonable food and a couple of beers whilst on the windy but warmish deck of the Baltic Sea uh, you will find Tallinn the capital of Estonia which I had sort of preconceptions about this trip <clears throat> and one of the preconceptions that I had was that Tallinn because as soon as you head to the Baltic states here, you know, your Latvias, your Lithuanias, your, your Belaruses, is, 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 and, your, uh, and your Estonias, etc. 
um, they're all Soviet bloc, aren't they? So I thought as soon as you get here to this part of the world, you'll just see big grey concrete buildings and it'll be like commie propaganda. And still occasionally people queuing up for bread. No, I didn't mean that bit. Um, but I, I did think it would be pretty unadvanced and uh, I was unbelievably wrong. First of all, just to, one, Estonia is one of the most technologically advanced countries in Europe. Um, it invented Skype, so it did pretty well there. And its headquarters is still here in Tallinn, actually. Um, so that's sort of just a brief window into some of the technology. Also, they're obsessed with, it's kind of like Japan in a way, they're obsessed with paying by plastic everywhere. And there's just, they've just got it going on. Screens, information, getting trams is easy. It's all easy. Everything can be bought in every language from helpful machines that make beep beep noises and go woo woo. It's just what you need. Um, so yeah, I, I, the other thing is, more impressively frankly, is the fact that it's absolutely sensationally attractive. Um, it's beautiful old medieval buildings, long before the commies had a go here. Uh, the Estonians had built up an absolutely gorgeous bunch of dwellings here in uh, the north of Estonia. You've got what can only be described by the Lonely Planet as a chocolate box type town um, because everywhere is a gorgeous view. I think we might have a couple of beers and then go for a meal later. One of the problems with this bloody timing is you always think, oh, but I'll eat as soon as it sort of gets dark. And bearing in mind that it gets dark about midnight, all the pubs and, and restaurants tend to stop serving a reasonable hour, sort of 11, 12 o'clock. So we keep getting in trouble, thinking, oh, we'll eat later when it gets dark. Stop thinking that it gets dark at a normal time. It's not that complicated. Get used to it. So the picturesque, beautiful town here of um, Tallinn, or Tallinn, as I believe the locals announce it, well worth a look. As soon as I'm out of the traffic area here, I'll uh, be in the old town, which is a medieval walled city, uh, much like some of the, uh, I don't know, Kotar in Montenegro or Dubrovnik in Croatia, um, or indeed York in England. Um, plenty of walled cities here in Europe, uh, but this one is p particularly spectacular, I think, because it's, it's just so untouched and they've done a really good job of preserving it. So if uh, you like Dubrovnik, then you'll love it here, no doubt. Made the bus on it now. I'm at the back, so I'm going to be a bit quiet. Probably should explain, by the way, that I'm on a bus, uh, even though I really shouldn't be. The whole point in this trip was to rent a car in northern Estonia and then drop it in... Uh, Lithuania and jump on a plane and go home. Uh, went to go and pick up said car, pre-booked car, and he said, can I have your driving license? Yes sir, here it is. Can I have your credit card? Oh yes, I can boogie. And can I have your international driving permit? And I said, what the fuck is that? And then I remembered, like I think it was 20 years ago or something, when I rented a car, I think in Australia or somewhere, I can't remember where I was, but they said, have you got an international driving permit? What the fuck, what a complete waste of time. So because I've got a Canadian driving license, then you need an international driving permit, which is a piece of cardboard that I think is something like 20 bucks in your home country, 
it's totally ridiculous. If I remember rightly, it's a photograph stuck to a piece of uh, cardboard that someone at like the CAA in Canada or the AAA in America or the RAC or whatever the hell it is in England has said, uh, yeah, that's a photograph of you, that's your driving licence, here's an additional piece of cardboard that does absolutely fuck all. Oh, anyway, obviously I haven't got that and I haven't been to Canada that recently so I couldn't even have got it even if I tried. So, um, yeah, he said, right, you can sign this waiver and what this waiver does is, first of all, it's 15 euros extra every day um, and it means that if you get into any accident of any nature, anywhere, it's all your fault. Or if someone drives into you, then that's also your problem and you have to pay for all the damage. And uh, yeah, for the, for the honour of doing that, it's going to be 15 euros extra every day because you forgot your piece of cardboard with a fucking photograph on it that says international driving permit, which no one surely needs in their life. Thought about it, and I'm normally like default to slight risk taker, but I thought, hang on a minute, this has got the hallmark of a shit holiday. I am one prang away from being about 40,000 euros out of pocket and feeling very annoyed with myself. Plus, you can drink on the trains and they're all very groovy and relaxed. So, forget your stupid piece of cardboard with a photograph stuck to it. Shove it up your hoo-ha. I'm on my way to the train station and cancel the booking and no, I don't have to pay anything. So don't try that one in a very polite way. He was actually additionally a really moody bastard, which is unlike most Estonians that I've met so far. He sort of took pride in telling me that everything was not going my way. And you should have got it in your home country. Pointless piece of cardboard, but evidently, apparently, it's not pointless. So, little heads up, if you come to Estonia and you're not in the EU, if you don't have an EU driving licence, uh, or Swiss, or Norwegian, and all the other sort of, or very soon British, by the sound of it, well, let's not even get into that. But anyone that's in the European, what's it called, EEA? I can't remember. You know, the, all of us groovy guys that didn't necessarily want to play play ball in Europe, but live in Europe. If you're not one of those peeps, and you've got a foreign license, then you might need a piece of cardboard with a photograph stuck to it, called a international driving permit. Google it and get very annoyed by it. If you have a driving license from outside the EEA, that's the European Economic Area. You don't actually need an international driver's permit in all of the countries I visited other than Estonia. So anyway, it's no big shakes. Got a train headed to uh, this second city, Tartu. Tartu. Tartu sounds like it should be in Greenland, doesn't it? It's minus 40 in Tartu. But the natives get me warm. Um, definitely worth looking at Tartu, but now headed south to the border heading to a border town on a bus actually this is all extremely far cheaper than getting the rental car by the way public transport is so cheap I think this entire trip across the entire country has now added up to $15 or 15 euro so um, yeah it's really good actually and uh, yeah headed to Valga I think it's called which is a border town and today I tick off yet another country if you don't know why I'm doing this by the way it's perhaps a little bit of a wanky thing to do but it's something to do and it uh, keeps me busy I'm trying to get to a hundred countries uh, and not 
rushing through all of them, although I must admit I'd like to spend a bit more time in Estonia. Uh, so far, I believe I'm on 75, and tonight I tick off 76 as I crack a beer in Latvia. Now then, before I depart this fine land and tell you about the wonders or the horrors of Latvia, I think it's important to give you a little bit of a quick fact file, as I always do on all of these countries, and I'll tell you what, Estonia is just as interesting as Finland. So here's a few facts on Estonia, and uh, pin your ears back because some of them are belters. Number one is probably the most interesting. If you're a single dude and you fancy a trip, you could do a lot worse than Estonia. This country has distinctly more women than men. In fact, here's the numbers. For every 100 females in Estonia, there are 84 men. Nice. There's apparently there's a US territory in the Pacific with a population of around 50,000 that has a smaller percentage of males. But um, that's it. This is the best you'll find anywhere in the world as countries go for chicks versus dudes. Now, there's a reason for that, and it's not necessarily a very happy one. You're probably ahead of me already. Obviously, during the frankly never-ending troubles here in Estonia um, a lot of men have either left the country or been killed of course because they just got a really hard knock of it you just get like you're owned by the Russians you manage to shake them off you go through the war horrors of war you've got the Germans on one side you've got the Russians on the other uh, and then the war finishes and you're taken by the Russians and you think well never mind things could be worse um, didn't go that well last time but I'm sure these guys are going to be fine this time around and you do 50 years of communism and if you don't like it then you get fucking sucked off to a hard labour camp in Siberia where you are basically worked to death and uh, if you even just slightly just slightly buck against the regime then of course you might end up um, in a concentration camp or, at the very least, displaced within Estonia. And I'm not talking about standing on a chair and shouting, Stalin's got a stupid moustache. I'm talking about people that are even seen to weave or to create an Estonian flag. So if you feel nationalistic, patriotic, and you were in the commie regime, and you even carried, if you even hid an Estonian flag, um, and it was found out by the authorities, or indeed, as is such the case in the world of communism, if someone, maybe a neighbour, maybe a friend, in inverted commas, finds out and tells the authorities, then you might be whisked off to Siberia. In fact, there was even a case of one guy went to a, a museum yesterday and learned some stuff about this. There was a, a, an Estonian guy who had the same name as someone that was quite uh, defiant against the regime, and he was whisked off to Siberia and did 20 years of hard labour in the freezing cold away from all his family, sometimes in solitary confinement because he happened to have the same name as someone that probably didn't do anything that badly either, to be honest, but uh, that's the situation. Anyway, sorry, that went a bit... That went from, hey guys, there's loads of hot chicks to the horrors of war. Sorry about that, but, you know, these are the things that we have to learn about and they're very important to, uh, to remember. So, uh, yeah loads of chicks also chicks tend to live about 10 years longer here in Estonia um, 
explaining the whole gap. So if you are an older gentleman looking for an older lady, you could not do any better than Estonia. Uh, so that's that. They're pretty good at the Olympics. Uh, surprising amounts of medals. The ratio of population to medals won uh, means that only seven countries have a greater strike rate. So these guys are athletic and actually they're all pretty tall so it makes sense. Pretty tall, pretty lean. And uh, that leads us beautifully to our next point. Yet again, it's wife carrying. Yeah, now you know the Finns. Oh, hang on a sec, the bus is stopping. time it slows down I feel a bit conscious because I mean it's already mental enough to be sat at the back of the bus banging on about wife carrying but the last thing you want to do is broadcast it loudly to a load of people that definitely speak English I'd rather just appear to be on the phone alright we're off again yeah wife carrying they do that uh, Estonians are pretty good at it. As we discussed, the Finns started it. The Estonians have smashed it. There is such a thing as the Estonian position. So if you, I haven't actually been able to get to a wife carrying game, but um, if you do, the Estonian carry is essentially imagine that you're looking at your wife's feet. Okay, her lady parts are the back where the back of your head is, and her head is bouncing around sort of down by your bum all right and then you've clasped her legs in front of you there you go and then once you've won the race presumably you just flip the whole thing around a bit and um, celebrate in your own personal way that was really really gross sorry <laughs> dear me um, they're also into swinging, but not in the way that you think. Um, they take swinging quite seriously, but I'm talking about... It's a sport called kiking. K-I-I-K-I-N-G. I'm sure the pronunciation's wrong. Kiking is how it sort of looks. Uh, basically, it's giant swings that you stand up on and try and swing as high as you possibly can. And I believe there's video online of people kiking that go all the way around. Like, you know when you're a kid and you were on the swings and you thought, any second now, I reckon I'm going to go all the way around, even though, let's be honest, you were nowhere near. These guys do. Fair play to them. Um, more Estonia facts. Estonia is the least crowded country, or actually one of them, in the whole of Europe. Uh, it is beaten by Finland, Sweden, Norway, and if you include Russia, Russia. But that's it. But they're always going to be sparse because they're just mostly tundra, aren't they? So loads of room, loads of green. As I'm driving through right now, there's just nothing but wall-to-wall -wall greenery everywhere. Very occasionally interrupted by these quaint little towns. Uh, Estonia has 2,222 islands. Fact. Not particularly good one, but there you go, you can have it. And um, getting around is free of charge. Well, not for me because I'm a tourist, but if you're in inner cities and you're a resident, uh, and you can prove it if need be, then public transport is entirely free for residents of the Estonian capital Tallinn, and I believe the town that I was just in as well. So there you go. Uh, finally, I think I mentioned it earlier, they love Skype, they invented it. Um, the online video service, of course, 44% of its employees are still based here in Estonia. And finally, my final fact, and I think my favorite, is, uh, they vote online, right, which sounds pretty impressive because no one else, I, 
I'm not sure if any other countries vote online, but um, Estonia is the first country in the world to adopt online voting, and they did it in 2005, which is just bonkers. So they're so ahead of the curve when it comes to all things technological. And uh, actually leading from that as well, what you tend to find is when countries quit communism, if they're not corrupt, i.e. if they're not Belarus, then they manage to usually, because they've got quite a hard working ethic um, and they are desperate for change, they manage to usually, this is quite a sort of, this is quite a generalisation, but they manage to usually do reasonably well if, again, if you've stamped out that corruption. And that's really what they've done here in Estonia. They've just leapfrogged um, a lot of the old systems. So they've got an absolutely stunning internet throughout the country because they just said, right, we better start this internet business. We're not building it on the back of crappy old phone lines. Let's just make it happen. So even now, I believe I've got Wi-Fi on this bus. Yep, absolutely solid. And um, a lot of the country is pretty Wi-Fi'd up. And it's all free. It's brilliant. It's a real look at the future, actually. So Estonia is a wicked country. I definitely recommend it. It's green, it's sparse, uh, it's beautiful in a chocolate box kind of way with lovely old buildings and medieval shenanigans. People are friendly. Food's a bit crap, but you get a lot of that in Eastern Europe. I, I don't want to be rude. It's, it's not crap per se. It's just meat and potatoes. But basically everything east of Poland is meat and potatoes as far as I can see. It's nice meat and it's nice potatoes. Um, but it's not like, you know, you wouldn't say, ah, oh, Estonia, Japan the best food in the world you'd go hey nice meat and potatoes I had a nice stew last night um, you might be able to organise some nice sort of cabbagey numbers here and there but yeah you know these were farming communist societies so you need meat and you need potatoes think of it as an Eastern European island fiddle dee dee so there you are uh, and my final fact I, t- I know I said it was my final fact before but this is my final fact According to a Gallup poll, Estonia is the world's least religious country. Just 16% of people here in Estonia say that religion is an important part of their life compared to 27% of uh, people in Britain and 65% of Americans, which, by the way, is mental. I I could do a whole podcast on that alone. 100% of Bangladeshis and 100% of Indonesians, just just for the record. So (laughs) here... Uh, much like Albania which was also communist as well very secular uh, and uh, and by the way let it also be said that they're very happy proving that you really don't need religion to be happy yes I said it and I stand by it as a happy smiling and thoroughly conscientious atheist okay my groovy cats that's it from the back of a bus in Estonia next stop Latvia I'll let you know how it goes and uh, I'll give you some Latvia facts uh, might pick up a car there. Apparently you don't need a stupid piece of pointless cardboard with a photograph stuck to it there. But we'll see. Um, who knows? If the whole trip's on a train and buses, doesn't really matter. Save me some money. Just sadly means that I do tend to drink more because whenever on a ferry or bus or train and someone says, glass of wine? The answer is absolutely. <laughs> so there you go. Slightly less healthy way to live. I've only put my running shoes on once this whole trip so far, but... Hey, I can't complain. Lovely part of the world. Take care. Sayonara for now. So the bus dropped me off and I walked into Latvia, which uh, involved crossing a bridge over a stream next to a small closed hut 
with a Latvian flag on the roof. Gotta love Europe. Picked up a train in the middle of nowhere, actually. A train from a station that felt like felt like I was the only person for miles and miles around. And I wasn't even sure the train was going to stop, but managed to get one and began to explore Latvia and Lithuania. Just going to say a few words about where I am. So, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to sum up Latvia with Lithuania, which I realise is a little bit unfair, particularly if you're Latvian or Lithuanian. But frankly, I've been in and out of said Latvia and Lithuania so much. They're starting to feel like the same country. And there's massive similarities. They're both flat. Uh, They've both got pretty much the same prices, uh, pretty much the same food. Slightly different language, but still as alien to me. So generally speaking, hang on a sec, I'm just going to burp. Burp. Oh, that's an absolute peach. Thank you classy podcast that's what you're listening to generally speaking uh generally 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 speaking they're the same now obviously that's inflammatory to many people so i do say that with a pinch of salt but to a foreign tourist that's not much none the wiser like myself they're they're fairly similar so they're both really flat they've both got quite low populations um Last time I spoke to you, I think I was heading into the first one, Latvia, and then into Lithuania. And then below that is a whole new world that I will see another time, including the madness of Belarus. So overwhelmingly, my thoughts are um, great countries to visit, really beautiful, um, loads of woodland, loads of forest, extremely calm, chilled out quite technologically advanced and absolutely nothing like I thought they would be. So I had this view, which I think I may have expressed before, naively I thought that all these Baltic states were, because they're former USSR, they're all dodgy, they're all corrupt and they're all incredibly behind and there's lots of people riding around on donkeys and carts and selling cheese at the side of the road and and all the stuff that I have seen in in various other um, Eastern European countries like Romania. But it's absolutely fucking nowhere near that here. It's completely different in, in, in nearly every way. Um, they're very advanced, they're very civilised. I've seen very few um, homeless people. When you live in London, of course, thanks to our Tory government, you get used to seeing homeless people on every street corner. I've seen probably about five in Latvia and Lithuania. So, started the trip in Latvia and rented a car, finally got a car, there's no problem with that stupid cardboard pass that you need, and uh, picked up the car in Riga, and then to save a bit of money, dropped the car off back in Riga. So, a bit confusing this, but let's just do it quickly. Drove from Riga, beautiful town, not quite as big as Tallinn, not quite as old as Tallinn, but extremely gorgeous, very European, cobbled, loads of old bars, etc, etc. In the sunshine, nice and warm, starting to warm a a lot up from Finland, um, and drove from there into um, the southern uh, country of Lithuania. And the reason we hot-footed out of Latvia into Lithuania is to visit the Coronian Spit. Um, what is a spit? A spit is a peculiar land formation. This is the second biggest spit in the world that I am talking about, and it is basically a bizarre geological uh, peninsula slash island. Oh, it's difficult to explain. Just a very short spit of land, probably called a spit because it looks like someone spat it out. And um, it's it's a gorgeous, 100 kilometer long forest land that you have to access by ferry unless you're coming from Russia, which is very confusing, and I advise you at this point to get a map out, because frankly, if 
I hadn't done this, I wouldn't understand any of it. Russia is two big lumps. There's one enormous big-ass lump, the biggest lump in the world, and another one called Kaliningrad. And that Kaliningrad borders Poland and Lithuania and a few other European countries. And if we go back in history, you'll see, if you look at a map, there's this weird land just to the west of Lithuania and to the east of Poland that doesn't seem to have a name on it in a lot of maps. Well, that is Russia. Um, and it's still Vladimir Putin, Russian number plates, not big fans of gay people, proper Russia. And um, it's small by comparison of the enormous lump that is the larger lump of Russia. But um, don't get it wrong, it's actually far more populated than Lithuania, for example, uh, which is the most populated country in the Baltics. So what's the point in all this? Well, that spit borders with Russia. So I saw the Russian border yesterday by driving west, which really fucked my brain up. But um, there you go. And uh, on that spit is lots of sort of touristy camping and extremely gorgeous beaches, Baltic beaches. Tried to put my foot in the Baltic Sea and it nearly fell off. I mean, if you're listening in Scotland, you'll be going, yeah, whatever, yeah, big pansy, yeah, southern Jesse. I used to swim in the North Sea as a kid, you lily-livered shite. Um, which I retort, fucking try the Baltic. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's very recently melted ice. And my God, does it feel like it. So no one was swimming in it, apart from, and here we go, I'm about to get controversial, so stand by, apart from fat people. Here we go. Okay. Large people have a different body mass index, which means that they can swim in the water. And it's not going to make them as cold as skinny people. Ask a skinny per person if they're cold, and they'll say yes far before a fat person. These are just facts. I'm just giving them out. But here's the slightly controversial bit. I have never been anywhere in the world that has so many larger men and skinnier women. For example, here in Latvia, I believe it has the highest per capita models in Europe. So let's put that another way. In, of all of the European countries, these are, thanks to the Western values that we pin to beauty, the skinniest and tallest women. That's really what we're saying here. Now, whether you like that or not, and you want to go and charge at your local H&M, uh, along with all the other large clothing brands promote the hiring of 15-year-old um, girls in this area and indeed uh, Russia and then slowly go on to move them to Milan and uh, once they age to 16 or 17 put them in various fashion shoots. That whole fucking underworld, let's be honest, the dark place that is modelling uh, is one issue which we could all challenge. So if you want to go to a cold beach full of fat men and skinny women you will do no better than the Coronian spit an absolutely fantastic geographical I'd like to say anomaly there's quite a few of them in the world but this one is particularly fantastic so you have a lagoon on one side and the Baltic Sea on the other so this Coronian spit an amazing little land formation basically formed from sand being thrown up from a lagoon and the Baltic Sea is a tiny little thin stretch of land it's 98 kilometers long but at its shortest width it's only 400 meters so and that's 
the, unfortunately in the bit that you can't get into unless you've got a visa because technically that's Russia. Um, but even in the bit I was in, in Lithuania, it's very narrow at points. You can see a lagoon on one side and the Baltic Sea on the other. And it's really, really good, okay? So I'm not selling it very well, but basically you should get there because it's one of the most fascinating things in the whole of Lithuania. It was formed probably about the third millennium BC. So yeah, at the same time that uh, the lads were dragging huge rocks from Wales to build Stonehenge. Um, Earth itself was doing some pretty fantastic stuff to create this amazing spit of land. Probably called a spit because frankly it looks a bit like someone spat on the pavement and then photographed it. You can drive your car onto it and then drive along it on just obviously one road and on one side you've got the lagoon, on the other side you've got the Baltic Sea and some absolutely tremendous views. Really peaceful and calming and it's very much uh, the predominant thing to do if you ever come as a tourist to Lithuania. That and where I am now and where I finished the trip, indeed I am at the final point uh, today in Vilnius and I'll be flying out of Vilnius on a plane which uh, you can kind of hear a plane in the background. I'm on my way to the airport any second. What can I say about this trip? Well, first of all, when I arrived, uh, it, I was wearing jeans and boots and very cold because I was in Helsinki in Finland. And now I'm wearing shorts and I'm not that far to the south, actually, but I'm wearing shorts and T-shirt and I'm boiling hot in 30 degree sunshine. And it is just a completely different world to Finland in the fact that everything's a hell of a lot cheaper, a hell of a lot warmer. And if you're going to do it, may I advise that you start in the cold, expensive bit and end in the cheap and sunny bit because that seems to be a logical way to go. An amazing part of the world, only sometimes 20 pounds, 25 bucks from London if you can get the right flights. Nice people, not in the least bit friendly, let's be completely honest about it. They're not rude, they just don't want to look at you and don't really interact with you very much. And I'd like to do this trip again and really force conversations to see if I could actually have any with some of the local people. I feel that's the only thing I've really missed out on. So unfortunately, uh, perhaps perhaps naively and perhaps foolishly of me, I should have spent more time in bars chatting to locals. But they, uh, they're very cliquey, more so than London and a million times more than Canada. What a trip, what a trip. If you enjoyed this podcast, thank you so much. There's plenty more at vinniewhite.co.uk. Vinny has a weird spelling. You can go back for, oh, I don't know, like, I think it's 15 years or something ridiculous. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, I'm sure you can find better things to do. If you would like to order a canvas print of your loved ones, your family, your dog, yourself, your favourite cheese sandwich, you can do so. Send your photographs to us, mrphotocanvas.com in Toronto and mrphotocanvas.co.uk in London. Um, so, yeah, good place to go for your prints on canvas. Finally, if you're rich and you're bored with your life, uh, go to shakeup.ltd.uk for a custom adventure. Hmm... Thanks for listening. Absolute joy to do this stuff. There will be another one soonish from somewhere else. It's good to be specific. <laughs>